Hey everyone, welcome to the STEM Sessions podcast, the UK STEM career podcast. Today we're interviewing Jennifer Penn. Um, Jennifer Penn, if you'd like to please introduce yourself. Um, hi, I'm uh, Jennifer or Jenny Penn. Um, I work for London Underground as a rolling stock engineer. Awesome, that's really cool. So tell us a little bit more about what a rolling stock engineer does in the day to day. So um, I work with London Underground rail vehicles and my team look at ways we can improve them to make um, improve the passenger experience basically make them safer more reliable more accessible all those good things awesome that's really cool so what kind of things have you worked on previously to improve the passenger experience so a lot of the work that we do is governed by um, rail accessibility regulations okay. so um, basically making the railway more um, user-friendly for people with different needs mm-hmm. so things like um, adding wheelchair bays where there previously weren't any um, sounds quite simple until you look under the seats and there's loads of equipment uh, under there that all needs to be rejigged and uh, assessments done to prove that the loading's okay um, and then there's things like adding display screens that tell you what the next station is um, and things like um, improving the lighting system so it's brighter and cleaner looking. Um, so yeah, lots lots of um, packages of work. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> you know, it's obviously something that, um, yeah, I use the train every day. So yeah, it's obviously it's things that have an impact on people that are used every day that we don't necessarily, you know, think about or hear about as much in terms of all the things that have gone on behind the scenes, if you will, yes. to to make that happen so yeah, exactly. that must be really I mean, cool. some of our trains are over 45 years old so at, at the time they were built um the, the needs were obviously very different and as time's gone on you need to drag them into uh, the 21st century <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> to keep them uh, comfortable and safe and reliable and all those things so jenny you mentioned that you're a rolling stock engineer is that correct mm-hmm. yeah amazing so what does your role specifically entail can you tell us a little bit more So I am a mechanical engineer by background, um, but we work in quite a multidisciplinary team. Um, So when these um, projects come about, I will look at all of the mechanical engineering aspects um, to make sure they are acceptable. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Is there any particular project that you've worked on that you're like, wow, this was my favourite? My two... My two biggest ones at the minute are um, LED lighting projects. So I don't know if you've ever noticed the lights on a um, London Underground train before. They're basically a fluorescent tube behind a piece of glass. Ah, Uh, (laughs) They're not the most um, reliable and they're not the most efficient. You have to replace them pretty often and lots of dirt and rubbish gets in behind the glass. So what we're trying to do is get rid of all of those and put in LED LED lights. You know how we've all started doing in our homes, yeah. similar sort of thing oh, to do it on the trains. Crazy. Um, yeah. That's the changes that you spoke about, uh, moving more into the 21st century yes, idea. Yes, exactly, exactly. Sounds yes. Cool. <laughs> more... As technology develops, exactly. um, we try and in, in, integrate it where we can so that there should be a power saving of over 50% and they should mm. need to be changed 
sort of every 10 years rather than yeah. every one or two years, you know? Oh, yeah, so. that's amazing. <laughs> amazing, yeah. yeah. It's also really good from a sustainability aspect, exactly. I can mm, imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. So it seems like every day in your working day is very different, very exciting, new things that you're working on. Um, and it's amazing that you have a variety of things that you can work on in your role. Mm -hmm. Can you give us an idea of some of the things you've done more recently I know we spoke about your favorite project that you've worked on but is there anything that you've done let's say in the past couple of weeks or months that you think hmm this might be interesting to share um, well quite a lot of my role involves going out to train depots and getting quite hands-on um so whenever you uh, design something new you obviously have to go through the design process yeah. you come up with the idea and then you might 3D print something and trial fit it on the train. Um, or you might, you know, knock up a quick model out of cardboard or wood and check that it works all right. And then you might get one manufactured and then you take it to the train and try it. Um, so I've been doing quite a lot of site visits recently um, in the depots, which is interesting because you, you've seen something on paper and on your computer screen. But then to see it physically being made and fitted is... Uh, interesting <laughs> and obviously when you start out as an engineer you work on normally quite small things at first like yeah. tiny little brackets to hold one wire in, in place <laughs> and then as you uh, progress upwards yeah. you, you sort of scale up what you're doing and yeah. can have a bit more of an impact um, it's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I could point out some very tiny and unimpressive brackets that I designed. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't find that very interesting. <laughs> so how long have you been a mechanical engineer for? So I've worked uh, for TFL for coming up to five years now. Nice. Yeah. Wow. I joined um, on the graduate scheme, the mechanical engineering graduate scheme, which is a really great idea, basically. You join and for two years you do placements all across the company um, on you know underground track trains buses dlr crossrail whatever you're interested in you do a series of short placements yeah. and by doing that you work out what you're good at exactly. and what you enjoy um, and then that helps you choose your permanent role after the two years Amazing. is up. Amazing. I think that's what's what that's what make graduate schemes really, really good. Yeah. Just to see the variety that you could be doing exactly. in the future, but also exactly. seeing maybe skills you want to develop or things that you're already good at. Mm -hmm. um, and I think having really nice rotations you can fit in somewhere. There's always somewhere for people to fit in especially as a graduate that's amazing yes, thanks for sharing that you started off with the graduate school that's amazing to know it's really cool so i guess another question that we can ask is, is what made you pick engineering as a as a career that you wanted to pursue i wouldn't say there was really one lightning bolt moment like no, oh this no is my passion yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was more like i was always quite good at maths and sciences but then I always quite enjoyed sort of art and design as well. So I was looking for a career where I could do a bit of both of those things. So use my technical skills, but also have a bit of creativity required as well. Um, so I was looking for a lot of roles in the sort of product design, graphic design kind of space. Um, but I sort of, I guess I saw engineering as a more steady and safe bet in a way There was seem to be a lot of jobs and opportunities in that area so I, I sort of moved towards engineering quite organically really. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's amazing. Mm. I think creativity spans all areas of STEM. And yes. especially now, we're moving into a tech-savvy sort of generation. So roles that aren't even necessarily out now, um, there'll be a lot of new roles created for younger people in the future, especially based around tech and creativity and, you know, really combining STEM. So it's really, really nice that you shared um, yeah, your exactly. I think that's often underappreciated, actually. I mean, exactly. a lot of what I do is here's a problem and you have to be able to think very creatively to solve it. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, it's nice to know. Amazing. Yeah, we're definitely big on making sure that we emphasize creativity, span STEM in general. And we're also big on STEAM as well. So it's nice that you mentioned that. And STEAM talks about the arts, which is about creativity and innovation spanning STEM. So yeah, that's nice to know. Thank you. So what would you say is the favourite part of your job, if you do have a favourite part or parts, maybe? Parts of my job. Um, I enjoy how varied it is. Um, no two days are the same. Sometimes I'm doing, you know, hand calculations. Sometimes I'm going out to site. Sometimes I'm having meetings with suppliers who've come up with a new product or new tech. Um, sometimes I'm meeting stakeholders in the business to see what they what they need and what they want. Um, so I I like the diversity that my role has. I think to be a good engineer, you have to have a a concept of the whole system Mm -hmm. you don't want to know a lot about one thing you've you've got to think about the whole context that you're working in and who your users are and what the criteria are and um, everything that you have to work within you have to have as much understanding as you can if you see what I mean absolutely Yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't like a role where I was only looking at one very small <laughs> yeah. part yeah. of the puzzle. Um, yeah. Whereas working in such a big organisation in such a broad role, um, you, you don't really have that. You learn loads and see loads. Absolutely. And um, it's definitely a theme that I've spotted through our um, previous engineering episodes that um, the interdisciplinary nature of it is something that people really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it's something that is very natural in a role in engineering is that you you know as you mentioned you'll be working with people who are doing designing as well as people who are you know maybe in the mechanical or structural sense um yeah there's all of these different parts that um that play you know a big role um in what is ultimately a bigger puzzle so and a lot of my um projects are electromechanical um so Mm -hmm. we have a lot of interfaces with uh electrical and electronic engineers as well yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of the modern technology we're putting into the trains is very um, <laughs> yeah. electrical and high tech. Yeah. So yes. we've got to have good uh, interfaces between us um, and, yeah. and work in close collaboration. Okay, so being a mechanical engineer, you must hear a lot of myths about your role or preconceptions that people have about the things you do, etc. Um, are there any misconceptions that come to mind when people hear about what you do in your job or any preconceptions that you had growing up about what a mechanical engineer may look like? Yeah, well, I think probably the most common one is that you're always in overalls holding a spanner. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you do, (laughs) which um, I I do do sometimes, but that's that's certainly not all I do. Of course. Um, And, you know, the the stereotype of everyone wears a high-vis jacket all the time that's not true either Um, there's probably quite a few that come from me being a woman as well that That probably um i think maybe people are a bit surprised sometimes a lot of our a lot of our teams some of our teams don't have the best 
um, diversity profiles, although things are getting better. Of course, yeah. Sometimes um, people maybe aren't that sure how to treat you or don't yeah. know how much you know and mm. what your skill sets are. Yeah. <laughs> They're not sure if you're okay with going on a train and taking off a bit of kit or <laughs> no oh yeah you must have it all mm-hmm. yeah we get that a lot with um our professionals that work in stem especially females as well i think a lot of people assume that um they may not necessarily know a lot about their role or just have preconceptions so it's just nice to hear from a female stem ambassador um who actually breaks the stereotypes so yeah so what skills would you say you need to be successful in your role? Skills and attributes, personally. In terms of technical skills, I suppose you have to have some basic understanding of maths and physics for my role. Um, but it certainly doesn't have to be a barrier if you're not Einstein or anything yeah. <laughs> like that. You, As long as you can understand them and interpret them and not to be scared of them, that's that's generally... Um, enough Uh, and then in terms of soft skills you've obviously got to be able to work as a team Um, it's very rare to have engineering professionals who work in complete isolation Um, you always have to collaborate with people work with others so that's an important one I think communication is really important as well you can do the best work in the world but if you don't explain to people what you've done and why and why it's great people aren't going to know exactly you you have to be able to communicate what you're doing very clearly Um, and I think as we were saying before some creativity ingenuity Um, you've got to be able to think a bit outside the box there there isn't just (laughs) a one-size-fits-all formula you can do for everything you have to be um, able to problem solve yeah absolutely yeah I can imagine with what we've previously just said there about communication it's going to be really important especially as um engineering i can imagine there's a very adaptive environment where things might change quite quickly depending on you know you may speak to some of your stakeholders and they have a totally different need to what's currently you know in place on a train so i can imagine things like that are really important to exactly you've got to be able to think on your feet and adapt to different yeah scenarios (laughs) so is there any advice you would give to your younger self about things you know now or things you wish you knew or just anything to your younger self what would you tell yourself the biggest one is it's okay to ask questions. I think I was always I was always very shy growing up and I didn't like to um I don't know, I guess I didn't like to make myself too known. Yeah. But actually I think learning asking questions is the best way to learn. Exactly. Um and act- actually people often like being asked questions. Yeah. It shows that you respect them and you want their opinion on something. Of course, yeah. Most people if if you ask them some help or some advice I go yeah of course I, you know I'm really flattered that you've yeah. asked me <laughs> so um I maybe missed some opportunities because I was too shy to to ask yeah so it's about being confident and just really yeah. like ask I don't know coming out of your comfort zone and asking exactly. for things yeah that's exactly. really important and I think growing up I think a lot of people don't like put themselves out there um but I have realised you don't know what you don't know. So yeah. it's always good yeah. to find out and inquire. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. So um, we'll talk a little bit about things outside of your job now as well. So do you have any hobbies and things like that that you'd like to get involved with in your spare time when you're not obviously uh, <laughs> helping people with their with being on trains? 
Uh, well, I'm obviously a keen STEM ambassador, which is uh, how, how I've got involved with this. Um, I try and do uh, at least a couple of events a year, either going into schools to do assemblies or going to careers fairs or um, anything of that ilk, really. Speed networking, speed mm. mentoring, been involved in a lot of things like that. Amazing. Um, so that is really valuable, actually. I think it's valuable for the people um, who you're helping, but it's also really valuable for me as well. Because yeah, <laughs> they, they're, they're all so curious and interested in everything. And it's just great to see how passionate they are. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Do you have a favourite moment from being a STEM ambassador? Um, there's a great one that um, London Underground organised. We've got a big depot where we store um, historical artefacts. Up, up to the size of trains <laughs> and they do they do days where you sit in a sort of 1920s train carriage and a group of kids interview you and ask you about your job and they've all got their little notepads writing things down um, so I really enjoy those days um, yeah and it's interesting to try and get the kids thinking a bit differently like I'll often start by saying look around you at this train how is this different to a train you might sit on in 2019 or 2020, as it is now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they'd say things like, oh, the floor's made of wood. That doesn't <laughs> seem very safe. <laughs> oh, these, these lights, they're just, you know, sticking out. There's no glass around them. That doesn't seem very safe. And, you know, <laughs> and once they start thinking about things like that, they're like, oh, this is really things have really changed a bit but they they never would have done unless you try and yeah. start yeah. those cogs turning in their minds yeah. <laughs> yeah. you see what I mean yeah that's brilliant that's that's fantastic that you've actually been able to you know make them think about that because they yeah. as you said they probably never would have thought of something like that before. no and I think once you start getting the creative juices flowing it almost changes your mindset into a more inquisitive one yeah and why is that like that or why is that designed think, like that yeah and I think that's a really good way to think about things yeah. I think it's really good to ask open questions as well to get into yeah. their mindset um, and to find out what they know what they don't know what they're interested in etc I think young people aren't clouded by like biases according to things that they can't actually like create mm -hmm. so for example being creative as a young person you're not bogged down with all the financial constraints of it so you're able to just let your mind wander so I think when you do speed networking events or have events where um, young people come in it, you're able to really see their mindset and ideas that they have without thinking of finances and whether their senior team would accept this amazing idea they have and I think that's what's really amazing about working with young people just understanding their curiosity and creativity yeah imposter syndrome is something it's a psychological phenomenon where mainly women um, suffer from it and it's about feeling fraudulent in your role or feeling like you're not good enough or that um, you're not meant to be in the role that you're in is that ever a feeling or anything that you felt and maybe not known that it was imposter syndrome or are you aware of it yeah it's certainly something that I am a bit conscious of um it's it's kind of a was a bit of a double whammy when I started out because I was both female and also young yeah. um, so I always felt very nervous about expressing my opinion yeah I would think well why, why would people want to know my opinion I, I obviously don't know anything compared yeah. to them I'll, I'll just keep quiet yeah um, but actually that's not really the right approach to take yeah because everyone can bring something 
different to a discussion or a debate, whether or not you're a subject matter expert, you can always say, have you thought about doing it like this? The worst they can say is, yes, we have, and we're not going to, you know? Um, And the best they can say is, oh, we we never thought about that. That's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So I I try and work actively on... um, partaking in discussions and um, making sure that where I've had ideas or suggested things, people know that that is from me. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think how to phrase this in a um, non-confrontational way. Sometimes if you suggest an idea yeah. and someone else has a similar idea that they would perhaps not attribute it to you. Yeah. Um, it's that's kind of goes back to a stereotype thing as well if you say one thing and then your your male colleague says the exact same thing people go oh yeah <laughs> that is a good idea. um it's certainly rare it doesn't yeah. happen often yeah of course but there are occasional meetings like that and sometimes i'll i'll go to a meeting with a colleague who's at the same level as me but male and all questions will be directed to them like I'm not there, yeah. which can be a little disheartening. Of course, yeah. Um, but I, I suppose the best you can do in that situation is just prove people wrong. Hmm. Um, I agree. I suppose in a way it can kind of be advantageous that people may not have any expectations of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can smash them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. exactly. If you're starting exactly. from a lower expectation and then you perform really well, exactly. people go, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that obviously changes people's perception as well. And, you know, once they actually, Definitely. you know, have that experience, mm-hmm. then, you know, they're not just going to ask the male, in that case, the questions. They're going to ask both. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, thanks for sharing. And I think that's why also STEM engagement is so important yeah. from a year, early age. Um, we do all sorts of things like try and draw an engineer and uh, what you think yeah. they look like. And of course, everyone draws a yeah, yeah a man in a lab coat with glasses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe someone fixing a car. It's it's never generally a woman. Exactly. Never. Um, but it's not it's not conscious. It, so if you can get in and subtly shift um, the stereotype or the perception a bit yeah. at an early age, I think that's really a positive thing yeah. to do. I think definitely sharing your experiences with young people, saying like, I haven't always known I'll be an engineer, something really, really important that young people think, okay, I don't know what I want to be, but maybe in a couple of years time, I could know what I want to be. Yes. Um, that transparency yeah. is really, really important. To at least know that it's an option that is available to them, exactly. whether or not they choose to follow it is it's, up to them. Exactly, yeah. As long as they don't think, oh, I could never do that. I'm not yeah. clever enough for that. I'm, mm. I wouldn't fit in doing that. Yeah.